Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. It's not too late for Aaron Rodgers to go on a murderous rampage. Welcome to a post-2020 draft edition of Sorry We Love Football, the only show that I'm aware of that correctly mock-drafted a white supremacist kicker to the Patriots. (laughs) I am Philadelphia fan Daniel Hartigan, just another assembly line worker here at the Eagles quarterback factory, Jalen Hurts, baby, best QB situation in the league. Oh, Uh, boy. With us, as always, is a man who's on currently on the Andy Reid 5G internet setup. We got Chiefs fan Danny Solomon. Oh, boy. It feels good to have a quarterback. You know what I mean? Just a guy you can rely on. We weren't even thinking about drafting anybody. Even in the seventh round, who gives a fuck? <laughs> uh, lastly, we got a man dressed in all black today to mourn the loss of Trent Williams. We got a uh, Washington football fan, Jamel Johnson. Um. Save the tatas. Uh, good, good, good to hear dude. from you guys. Dude, the yeah. Shanahan's just own Dan Snyder. They're just like, give me back my play. Yeah, that's pretty dumb. I mean, we had to do something. Can't believe we just gave the Niners a Super Bowl. Stop. Stop it. Now they get the hangover coming. Whatever they yeah. do, they can't fight it. All right, anyways, let's get into the show. Uh, we just did this virtual draft that we all got to watch. It was weirdly exciting and uh, fun to watch because there's nothing else fucking going on. But we do have to pick from what we hated about watching it. So I'll start with you, Danny. What did you hate about watching the draft this year? I'll tell you, I agree with you that it was a solid draft, that it had its share of suspense, that it really outlined a lot of situations uh you know that that they had been talking about with future drafts that really don't need to be like the vegas boat situation you know (laughs) you can also just do it on your phone at home it just made it all seem really (laughs) stupid and opulent uh but that was not what i hated what i hated honestly because this was such a good easy to watch draft was the come down and it happens every year you know you come off the draft And that's when the boring months officially start. That's when there's absolutely nothing of football to get excited for, to care about, to speculate on until you get to training camp. Everything else is just a bunch of bullshit they use to fill out the months. But this year was definitely the worst come down of all time. Because right after the draft ended... I just had that feeling like, oh, right. Well, you know, these are all first-year players who aren't going to do much. This wasn't really that big of a deal. This was just kind of a, a, a drop of water in the desert. And then I was like, oh, right. We might not even have a fucking season this year. Like, this is all just speculative <sighs> whether or not football is going to exist at all this year. These might be two players two years in. We might have to have another virtual draft before these dudes even play a single down. And then I'm like, oh, right, the food supply chain is breaking. The president is a moron. And if I start to cough, I'm going to die because I can't go to the hospital. So it just kind of added a real dark tone to the come down this year, made it worse than ever. Yeah. I mean, Jesus, Danny. (laughs) It's just a lot of bad things going on at once. The draft was like that momentary mirage of goodness and normalcy. And then the moment <laughs> the moment it was gone, I, I, we were just back to the nightmare. Of God damn it, Dave. How come every other week the thing you hate about football is that the world is ending before our eyes? Well, it is. <laughs> Why can't people understand that? 
This is all a distraction. It's a beautiful distraction because we have Patrick Mahomes, but. <laughs> That's true. He is pretty good. He's pretty darn good. Imagine the only distraction that you have in your life is wondering what Ron Rivera is going to do <laughs> with the second overall pick. More like, yeah, like a couple months ago. That was, more like what he's going to do with his big ass tapestry. Who painted him that <laughs> big ass fucking hand painted fat head? Yeah, what I hated about the draft this year. I mean, I'm surprised he hasn't come up yet. But Roger Goodell. I mean, yeah. this guy was asked to carry this thing, and you know it's great. Now we know what it'd be like if Brett Kavanaugh hosted the NFL draft. I mean, between the fucking weak-ass virtual booze, his stupid opening prayer, his outfit changes like he was on fucking SNL. Like, no one is asking you to do this. I mean, this guy sucks. The worst thing Roger Goodell did for me was uh, he did a skull clap and did, like, the Vikings chant along with the fans to the, the video screen. It's like, dude, you can't do one personalized team action. You're either going to do for every team or just don't do it at all. So, uh, you know, he just showed his hand. Congratulations on your Super Bowl victory next year, Minnesota. Roger Goodell fucking loves you guys. I don't know. What were you guys' takes on on uh, Roger? Um, yeah, I, I didn't like any amount of effort he gave. I thought the virtual hugs were the worst. <laughs> the virtual hugs. Uh, I didn't like how he was talking to folks. Thought he's a little condescending to them Zoom boards. That'll come up later, but didn't wow. like it. He is the, you know, he, he's the face of a dirty operation. That's really right. what it is. So, you know, you're you're going to give him the most shit, but in reality, it's only because you can't give 32 owners a bunch of shit at once. And so you just have to point at this dude. And, you know, he came across basically like that kind of guy, just sort of a sweaty fall guy for any bad things that happen. I'm sure we're going to find out that like, you know, Shad Khan and Jerry Jones are like burying nuclear material at the bottom of Lake Erie or something. And that's why they had to go out and, and make Minnesota feel special for a couple of minutes. And, you know, it's just kind of how it goes. He's egregious. He takes the shit. We give him the shit, and the world keeps spinning on. The horror show in the background continues, and uh, we get to boo Roger Goodell on Zoom. That is, I, I walked How away did... from that feeling like our boos never mattered. Like, for the nerve of, like, these corporations to be like, yeah, we know you You guys wish you could boo. Well, do it anyway. And, and, now, and now Goodell's, like, with it. I was like, oh, nothing we do matters. That made me feel like voting didn't matter. You know I mean? Like... <laughs> it probably doesn't but uh please vote listeners. i'm a vote but i know it doesn't matter now thank you mr president commissioner was jerry jones the only owner who appeared on screen it's a little late for a robert Kraft sighting that's what i'm saying dan snyder and them just like didn't have to deal with this zoom what are they going to see my kitchen uh, anxiety. They just left that to the Dog, coaches. Dog, once you know again, your fall yeah, because if you're a billionaire, if if there's even a frame of what your kitchen looks like, you're getting robbed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also speaking of Robert Kraft, I really do feel sorry for him during this lockdown because he has to get boring, emotionless hand jobs from his wife. Yeah, that's that's nuts. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> Rather not, uh, Jamel. What- Jamel, what do you hate about watching? You know what I hate draft? about the draft? Uh, it's the same thing that I hate every year about the draft. This uh, the implication that I should feel bad about anyone who's been drafted because because <laughs> of their position. Like, oh no, he was uh, he was projected to go top fifteen, and he went twenty third. Oh my god! Look, oh <laughs> look how distraught his aunt is. Like, hell no. You just, you, you made it. It's awesome. Um, football contracts are meaningless anyway. So the fact that you're even in the, the fucking pantheon is incredible. And, and fuck you. <laughs> just on top, just of, on that. top of that. Fuck I, you. I will say, I think the NFL, or, or at least the producers at ESPN, sort of anticipated Jamel's criticism here because they gave you a lot more reasons 
to feel sorry for these draft picks they with did. those little bullet points that they put in <laughs> when they got drafted. It was always like something like his dad got murdered by a hobo. And, yeah, you know, like when he was it. nine years old. Can you just give me the highlight package? I, I've been. I need no, sports. Man. You got to know no, what man. personal tragedies these guys have had to overcome. Yep. It was always the third bullet point, and it was always about his childhood best friend who <laughs> perished in a fire in a house next yeah. door. And the kid could have saved him, but then he was playing football. And yeah, like, and it's weird because I love memorial tattoos. <laughs> but I didn't like the energy around the rest of it. It felt, yeah, it felt a little weird. Just kind of, you know, all of these, like, you know, young players having to parade around their their emotional pain and baggage. I mean, at least, at the very least, the last CBA uh, made it easier to smoke pot because these guys have needed it for years. I mean, come on. And the fact that we were coming down on them for it is ridiculous. There's dudes who should have made the league in the and like we were didn't even get too. a shot because they smoked one bowl of, of mids. <laughs> I mean, it's fun. His mother got shot at the mall. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, too fuck. Jamal, they didn't even know what mids were back in the yeah, 80s. Yeah, I guess mids were just, that was just weed in the 80s. That was the best weed they've ever thought of. <laughs> uh, but also, like you're saying with the weed thing, it's like, what what else do they have to do after they get drafted? Like we were talking about, they just you just stay there and you get drunk with your parents, or you go back in your bedroom and play Madden and get high. Like there was nothing. A lot do. of those dudes well, live in uh, the but, suburbs. I feel like a lot of people just went to a different suburb basement. Yeah, there's people. I think a lot of people have, uh, you know, a bubble with their friends included in it. So I think you can. You, there's basements you can go to in the Midwest. Because it's not spreading as quickly over there. I think if you have your group of, of guys that you that you madden with, that you smoke with, I think everybody decided we're going to take the risk on Corona so that we can continue hanging out during the summer. And it's the last time you're going to some of these suburb dudes are going to ever get to hang out with their uh, elite athlete buddy. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of the last hurrah for these guys. It's like, oh yeah, now I have a really important job I have to go do. Every year, right after the draft, they re-rank all the teams based on all this stuff. You know, all the optimism, all the all the new draft picks coming in, filling needs, plugging holes, making your team the brand new product for the next season that it is, giving everybody hope. Obviously, those rankings are bullshit. They're based on nothing. So we decided to talk it out. We wanted to do our own post-draft rankings that are just about nothing. So we've got a top three. Each of us are going to unveil our top three, Mm -hmm. rank something out there in the NFL that we feel like needs to be ranked just because who gives a shit. So I will start it out. I I decided to do my top three burns of the draft. All right, there's some Mm -hmm. people... Who got burnt during this draft? And I thought it was necessary to power rank those. So at number three is Aaron Rodgers. I think we can oh, all he's agree. Number three. He's number three. Trust me, it gets better from here. Oh my God. Aaron Rodgers got fucking charbroiled out there with that Jordan <laughs> Love pick. It was ridiculous how much this guy has had to endure and just still. Hams it up for State Farm. Like, still manages to go out there and look pouty. And, you know, he's going to reach a new level of sullen Aaron Rodgers' face. I don't know what it could possibly look. He's going to have to get Botox just to to (laughs) cure that permanent RBF that he's got Nah, he's going to start wearing eyeliner. Yeah, maybe he'll just completely, like, go goth or something. Because he has every reason to. This pick was ridiculous. It was insane. Jordan Love's not even that good of a player. You could have given him an awesome receiver at, the, at 26 that could have extended his career. I mean, Tom Brady's traipsing around like he fucking owns Tampa, and he's 43 years old. He's, he's almost at the age where you actually would move to Florida. And it just felt like with this, with this Aaron Rodgers, with this Jordan Love pick on Aaron Rodgers that – because it happened to Aaron Rodgers, 
it seems like the Packers just have a thing where like their biological clock starts ticking and they're just like, Oh, this quarterback is getting too old. We need to birth a new quarterback. I'm my, my womb is about to dry up. I got to do something here. That is the only explanation for it. And, uh, yeah. Oh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, not a guy who, uh, who handles slights very well. The guy holds a grudge as we all know. And since I'm looking at the, the Packers first round picks, they haven't drafted a receiver or running back in the first round since 2000, 2003 with Javon Walker. This is before Aaron Rodgers on the team. So Ouch. they've literally done nothing to help the guy out. In turn, I know they got Devontae Adams. He's a good player. But they have not gotten a premium college talent. To slap Could have. Face. At that spot, it, there's still players available. Burn of the draft, perfect segue here because they did have the ability to get a good receiver at that spot, but they did not have the ability to draft C.D. Lamb because we were all on the phone when Dan Hardigan pre- uh, correctly predicted that the Cowboys would just ram the Eagles up the ass by taking C- the last good receiver, really, C.D. Lamb at 17, even though they did not need one just to screw the Eagles over. That was a rough burn on you, Hardigan. Yeah, um, you know, we needed speed, so I was actually more in the camp of, of rugs. But once he went early, I definitely had my eyes set on CeeDee Lamb. And, uh, you know, the Cowboys did what we did to them a few years ago when we traded up one slot ahead of them and drafted Dallas Goddard. This was revenge. You know, they fucked us. It, it hurt. I'd rather lose in the draft uh, than on the field. So, you know, I'll, I'll take it. I'll deal with it. But uh, it's still hurt. And speaking of... Jalen Hurts. Also, oh god. This is just a side note. We can we we should probably it's going to come up. So I will just tease it a little and then move on. This is my number one burn of the draft. The rest of the AFC getting burnt by the champs with all their weak attempts to be like us to draft be faster <laughs> to get to get more explosive whatever the bullshit and then the Chiefs come in and just cool take the best running back I've seen in years uh, and in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, burning the rest of the AFC to a crisp. The Baltimore was the closest because they tried. But even those guys, like, you know, they'll, they'll be up there, but I don't think they got the, the, the boys to run with it. They don't got the thoroughbreds to, to keep up with our speed. So it's going to be another year. Of, of chief supremacy. Yeah, they're going to be great. You know, they're, every team's one injury away, obviously. Um, we saw Mahomes. We had a, a scare last year in the middle of the season where he had to miss a few games. Kind of looked like he was going to be out for the tongue. season at one point. But he, we, all, we all know what actually happened. He came back. Superhuman kneecaps. Um, Do you understand that? He, his knee ligaments <laughs> were extra stretchy. And it made it so that he could get, recover in two games. It, I mean, it's just phenomenal. So you're saying that the, the Chiefs took a, a shit on the rest of the AFC, and that collective shit was more of a burn than the Aaron Rodgers. Well, you uh, got to say, I, you know, the power rankings are what they are. I guess I could have started at the top. The point is no, it's I okay. want to open with the Aaron Rodgers thing so we all have a good idea of what I meant by burn because that was the most I could see besides Wentz, which, you know, it's kind of the same thing. And I knew you would want to come Wentz is that. a little more different. I mean, that's also true. Is, is Aaron Rodgers even allowed to feel burnt because this is the exact same thing happened to him? That's what I'm saying, though. I don't I'm, think I'm so. I'm saying it's that he he had to see it coming. The the Panth- the Packers antsy when they've had a quarterback for too long. He had to see it coming, but of course, you know he figured he was better than Favre at this point in Favre's career. And uh, nope, which is true. No, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's just like they were in the NFC Championship game last season. They just needed a few. You would think you would just be like, okay. We're pretty close. Let's just get a few guys for Aaron. We'll score some more points, and we'll be right back there. And it's like, no, let's start rebuilding for when Aaron kind of breaks down. It's like, you guys were right there. What? 
like I think you got to stay aggressive. It's, it's just a strange. So That's pretty strange. Um, Do they not make the playoffs now because of it? No, they're gonna make the playoffs. Yeah, he's no, gonna man. get mad. I mean, they they really they're they're a lock for the playoffs every year because of their division it just seems like none of the other teams better than them, and so I. But Aaron Rodgers is gonna have a chip on his shoulder, and. Uh, and that's one thing that dude did not need is more reasons to be pissed off at the world. <laughs> uh, Jamel, what's what, what uh what's your top three post draft rankings? Uh, top three uh, NFL draft Zoom uh, interactions. I'll say <laughs> you, I can almost I can almost predict that these might be the top three teams this season based on these uh, Zoom calls with uh, players drafted and otherwise. Uh, Top of the list, I'm going to go top to bottom. Uh, CeeDee Lamb Mm. taking a phone from uh, a hot girl. Oh, now you're going to call her the girlfriend. Just a hot girl. Is is that his girlfriend? I don't know. He don't know. He tweeted that it wasn't even like that when people said he was trying to take (laughs) the phone away from her. Which perfectly explains nothing. <laughs> yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's an amazing move. He's got great hand speed. I feel like this has been covered by a lot of people, as it should be. It was the best thing I've ever seen in my life. He's so effortlessly, uh, it, it, with such fluid motion, takes his phone from this woman. Which what what was she thinking? Terrible time to steal a phone. Truly, when you're in front of a billion people. <laughs> I mean, who's the villain? Does she come off as the villain? I, I think I, she might. I think I think iPhones are the villain. I don't think anybody is to blame but Steve Jobs' corpse. I mean, lock it up at least. You know? just make sure you got a nice six-digit password that's not like that's a unique password, not like any other passwords. CD, the CD Lamb thing is uh, it's weird. His name keeps coming up. He kind of had that moment at the draft and. He winds up on, you know, the the premier team in the league, and it's. I don't. I already. It's nice to already have built up hatred for this guy. You know, what I mean, he's. Yeah, I mean, this dude was named. He was named after a compact disc. Uh, <laughs> who I don't know what his destiny is, but uh, it's 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 going to be a good ride. Yeah, I can't wait ride. for the Silence of the Lambs memes that are going to come out when the guy sucks. So let's get that going. Uh, Oh, from only oh, from yeah. Philly. I mean, only Philadelphia has the time to come up with uh, dumbass memes. We'll like have that. some Hannibal Lecter shit coming from our DB room. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next, uh, Isaiah Wilson uh, and his mom uh, shoving uh, a mysterious white woman out of his way. Was that his girl? Was that his girlfriend? <laughs> I uh, we we got to check the Twitter. These guys are great. Once the once the thing blows up and the gifts start. The dude has to say something. So I, I remember checking on CD Lamb. He said it wasn't even like that. I, I did not check on Isaiah Wilson. So that might be a good little project for the people out. Yeah, that'll home. be a, that's a fun one. All I have is the quote from his mom. Uh, basically, she said something to the effect of "Get up off of him. I gave birth to him," <laughs> which is classic. This is my time. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good mom Jamel, stuff. I don't. I don't like uh, this generalization of uh, mysterious white women. I mean, that's a kind of a negative stereotype, don't you think? Mysterious. I mean, you literally you only because you don't see her face. You only see her from the neck down. I don't know what this person looks I'm like. I'm just kidding. Still. They're all mysterious. Yeah. No just comments like from. No comment from Isaiah Wilson. By the way, just. While we're oh, sure. arguing about white, <laughs> about reverse racism against white women, I just wanted to throw that in there. Oh, Isaiah's not going to say anything. <laughs> He's got yeah. it. Uh, lastly, uh, my guy who actually has been staying with me during the quarantine, we kind of um because we had like a um we had like a friend Street Fighter night planned the night that LA got quarantined. We ended up in our bubble. And he, when you saw him in the Zoom, that was, he had just, he just came back. Mike Vrabel. Mm-hmm. Hey, Mike, you, you mind? Uh, I know you're like, you're on the laptop over there, but you, would you mind coming to? Oh, you will? Okay, yeah, hold on one second. All right, here he is. Oh, hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, yeah, you guys, you guys <laughs> like up, my Mike? Zoom? You guys like my, 
hey, how's it going? Uh, yeah, I, apparently uh, I was uh, I made a big hubbub, a big huff online. My uh, family and my Zoom, my draft Zoom, uh, my uh, my young son was taking a crap in front of everybody <laughs> on the Zoom there, and uh, I tried to tell him to stop. He didn't listen. I had a heart attack. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, uh, honorable mention to my other son, or maybe uh, nephew there, who had uh, who was dressed like Frozone in uh, basketball shorts. Uh, that was very good of him. Uh, thank you so much. This is the real Mike Vrabel. I got wow, barstool legend, Bar- barstool sports legend Mike Vrabel. Thanks, Mike. Wow, I'm glad he get crazy. He should probably go home. No, he can't now. <laughs> Yeah, it came out because we yeah we touched on accident. Uh, Mike, just stay, Mike, just stay yeah, on the line for the rest of the, uh, the rest of the show. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah, chime in. Oh yeah, no problem. I'll just be silent. I'll chime. I'm, I'm going to put my mic on mute for a little while, but I'll I'll, I'll be back in there. Oh man, yeah, there was some there's some Zoom stuff going on. Everybody's still figuring it out together. It's a new technology, even though it's the same shit as FaceTime that we've all used for years. But um. Now everyone's watching you while you're doing it. So, uh, yeah. Can I take a moment to acknowledge the fact that I do have a photo with Aaron Rodgers while wearing a Brett Favre T-shirt? Yeah, photo I mean, the people should seek out. Hell yeah. I just wanted to wait till, you know, we, we were clearly running out of steam. Are you afraid that you're on some sort of kill list of Aaron's? There's no way. It was his idea. He saw me. I'm standing at the fucking... Okay, David Borey was writing on the ESPYs, and I was one of his plus ones, and the way they had this shit at the Microsoft Theater, the after party was in the convention center right after, and everyone who was there, every single person, all had to exit through the same exit like through the parking garage of the convention center to like get it. Like they made everybody go through the same set of metal detectors. I'm just sitting there waiting on my friends and fucking Aaron Rodgers is fucking looking at me. And he was like, yo, where'd you get that? And I was like, dude, I I love you. I also love Minnesota Brett. I think he liked it because he knew it was Vikings Brett. Was it just you two alone in a garage? I mean, no, there's like a few people standing around, like, but just like he sees me. We are just in a garage next to a couple metal detectors. Did did you ever get the vibe he was hitting on? Oh, uh, I mean, I dreamt that. <laughs> like when I replay this in my mind, he's clearly hitting on me. He touches like my my arm. But that's not. I think he literally was just like, "Yo, wild yeah. shirt." Okay. Brett Favre, uh, Aaron Rodgers story. And I was like, "I'm not." I guess he. And I'm like, I, "Does that mean he's fine with Brett?" They they became friends. Did that mean he made peace after a while? Died down a little bit. Apparently, I don't know how how good of a friendship it is. Could be, you know, Hollywood friendship that they've got just to keep the the paps at bay. But it was it was told that they buried the hatchet, and it's nice to hear. And I guess that's the same thing with Jordan Love and give him a phone call because he promised whoever the draft pick was that he was going to talk to him on the phone. And uh, if we could just get a transcript of that, that would be amazing. If anyone out there has it, <laughs> anyone has- it's just Aaron Rodgers laughing. Yeah. It's just him laughing. Yeah, just just no acting words. like the Joker until he hangs up. <laughs> yeah, I think the connection with uh with Rogers and, and Favre just it's uh Favre's his pill dealer. That's his that's his hookup. I mean, I think that's as simple as it needs to be. And why would you let that guy go too far away from you? Yeah, I don't think it's just copper that's fair. I don't think it's just copper fit that's keeping Favre going. I mean Favre's hair is bleached yeah. right now. That is that's an E boy move. That's the move of a man who sells Molly. <laughs> I like Molly and not just pain pills. It's like no, no, no. I like to, I like to roll. Yeah, he's he's diversified his uh, portfolio. Jordan Love, sure. be careful around Brett Favre when you inevitably have to meet him. He's a, I don't, what, he's a what, dangerous what, man. Do, do those two talk? I mean, yeah, 
Brett's gone. Brett's Brett's done. He, Aaron's Aaron's the new Brett. Yeah, but they, Brett can walk off in the sunset and not they, have to deal with the rookies. But the Packers organization just trots Brett out there like once a year and just makes him wave around to the fans. So he'll he'll be around. He's high risk right now. He is in his fifties because of the Molly. <laughs> that too, it's it weakens your immune system. Yeah, it can't be good. But should put holes in your brain, dude. And he wants to touch other people. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you cannot touch other people. No, he's cool with now. Nah, he'll send a dick pic. He's cool with the virtual. <laughs> you can, as long as you don't touch your face afterwards. Oh, yeah, we we saw Brett Favre was on Cameo. Do you think you just get a thirty second video of his dick if you pay three hundred dollars? <laughs> that would be a beautiful Cameo. <laughs> Send it to your mom. Is a huge Favre fan. <laughs> you don't know what you're getting until he delivers it. Um, all right. Let me just roll through this. Uh, my post draft uh, top three power ranking. I'm going to just go with the who the new worst three teams in the league. Are. Mm. I think it's fun that uh, everybody has hope. I think these three teams have a uh, little hope for next season and maybe the near future. Uh, first off, Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, we got uh, Gardner Minshew. He was a nice story. Do we really think he's going to be this elite quarterback? I don't. You have Leonard Fournette. We all know the lesson. You don't draft a running back in the first round. Um, Doug Marone. I mean, he's going to be the first coach fired next year, right? Why is he still the coach? This guy should have already been gone. This team fell off a fucking cliff when they were in the, the AFC championship like three years ago. And now they're just ass. Um, and they still have Yannick. They didn't trade. Yeah, they did. They did not trade Yannick and Gakway as well. He's and he was, as shit. He, he was yelling at the GM to trade him on Twitter. And it actually blew up his draft stock to the point where now he has to stay on the team. <laughs> right. It's, it's terrible. Uh, next up, we got, Carolina Panthers. I think we got Matt Rule, new unproven coach. Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the starting quarterback. Yeah, he's a little better than Kyle Allen, but, you know, he was in the Saints offense last year. I think that team's pretty loaded no matter who you have at quarterback. They overpaid Chris McCaffrey. I mean, that I like the guy, but I, you're not, it's not translating the win. I don't know. I like Bridgewater. I like Bridgewater for a, uh, me not a word they won't be bottom three they'll be I'm seven saying nine. this team is three and 13 next year teddy does not finish the season i like the guy just don't think that's gonna happen Whoa. they drafted all defense they had seven picks they've drafted all defensive players so they're just set on offense in their eyes uh so that doesn't make any sense to me and then the last one is an nfc east team who were jamel's intimately familiar with it's the New York Giants. It's Joe Judge inheriting this fucking hapless Giants team. Here come the judge. Here come the judge. Daniel Jones. Hey, quick, name one player on the Giants defense, either of you. Lawrence Taylor. Justin Tuck. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, Joe Judge is going to be terrible. Daniel Jones uh, also is ass. And so what do all these teams have in common? They fucking drafted a running back in the first round with like the last within the last three or four years, which it's just we it's something we've harped on this show for over a year now. It's just that's just not how you build a team. You and I know Danny, your got your team drafted a running back in the first round. A luxury. It's a luxury. And this is this is a top ten. These guys all drafted with top ten picks, and then they're paying their running back ass loads of money. It's like. This shit sucks. Those are my bottom three teams. I'm looking forward to them having a combined five wins between the three of them. I like that you took this seriously and didn't try to joke around with it. Well, I don't know. Everybody's talking about how exciting things are. These teams, man, if I was a fan of the fucking Jags right now, what is there to be happy about? I mean, Gardner Mania is real. It's something you can hang your hat on as a team. It happened. It's over. When you suck and you have something that's like viral about your team anyway, it can be fun. Like you're talking about the Giants when they had OBJ, they still sucked, 
But it, it was a good time. It was a good, fun suck. And that can actually be something. I remember when the Chiefs were bottoming out in the early 2010s, and we had a third stringer who could only run the piss quarterback. You know what? It was a good time. We weren't trying to win. We were just trying to, you know, see what happens. Um, and, you know, part of this, too, is I wanted to kind of congratulate Jamel on his team clawing its way out of the hole, and they're not part of the bottom three anymore. It do- Jamel, congratulations. Thank you. It does seem like we are officially on our way to mediocrity yet again. Eight and eight, baby. Uh, which has been the dream for so many seasons. Uh, I still, I, I, I'm excited to see how we blow that. Uh, six and ten feels like the destiny of the rest of my bloodline. Look, man, I wanted to put Washington on this list badly, but I look at their their front seven on defense, and it is really fucking good. Yeah, Chase Young like, can sing too. I like that. Um, their I like offense still has question yeah. marks. There, that defense is going to be. Really annoying to play against twice a year. Yeah. I know that. Much. Scary Terry working out ch- kind of definitely changed our trajectory. <clears throat> I think he's like the biggest thing going forward. I, does anybody even remember Josh Doxson? Is he alive? He's gone. He, I thought. He's I thought gone, he was, man. Yeah. Okay. And then fair. you got, but you did bring back AP, and that guy still kicking after all these years. I mean, pretty interesting. That, he, he was good. That year off, he's he'll get he'll get seven hundred yards this year. But they, it always was a thing where he was asked to be the number one because Thompson and Geis would get hurt. And then they were like, hey, dude, can you do everything? And he was like, okay, sure. I wanted to anyway. <laughs> it's funny that, like, <laughs> Matt Jones and Samaje Pirine and all those guys who tried to fill that running back spot couldn't hack it as, like, new young guys, you know, full of, full of vinegar in their fucking first couple of years in the league. Couldn't get over 500 yards, and meanwhile, 36-year-old Adrian Peterson killing it as a rush leader. I think it speaks to how crazy he is and kind of how good Trent Williams was. I mean, I know this year he had nothing to do with that, but that was probably also AP's worst season of the two. Has he been with us three years now? This is going to be three. This one this one will be three. Yeah. Oh, okay. Of the and two hopefully, years... Yeah, the better oh. year was with Trent. But continue. You were saying, come on Say, hopefully, Trent Williams in his new role uh, as the 49ers right tackle or left, whatever it is, which tackle spot he's going to play. Uh, I hope he can finally put his helmet on because that was apparently an issue. <laughs> and I hope that growth on his head has subsided and the helmet slips right on. Yeah, I mean, the thing about Trent was he's really good when he's on the field, and I know that because Colt McCoy has won football games. Like, that's not <laughs> possible. You know what I mean? But, like, he just he would, <laughs> he has a lot of injuries. Cancer aside, I, I, could, I could see how the team wouldn't really listen to Trent. Dude, you're always hurt. You don't got cancer. <laughs> <laughs> You've got mail. Uh, all right, let's – Let's do the mailbag. Uh, Danny, you got any – I don't know how the mail's coming to three different places, but uh, – wait. You can still get Jamel, mail. moving stuff around? Yeah, Sorry, probably, I, was, we, I had some mail, yeah. We got to wait for Jamel oh, to stop. Oh. He's he, – out of the delivery box that he got it in and was stomping it flat. Yeah. It sounded like to take <laughs> I got it out a to whole, the trash. My mail came in a big – yeah, it was like a uh, Amazon plastic – um, but yeah, check. Uh, here it is. Uh, this is a letter uh, with a gift from a man named Greg Poops. This is Greg Poops mm-hmm. from Glendale, Arizona. Uh, hi, guys. Love the show. And I will not apologize for being so happy you guys are back on my airwaves or what I'm about to say next. Uh, this letter is dedicated to our commissioner, Roger Goodell. Roger, you might remember me from draft night. I was in the middle left panel of the Cardinals fan Zoom, and I was so honored to be chosen for such an elite group (laughs) of beak freaks. But when you looked me in my eyes and said, and I quote, come on now, you can do better than that. You've been waiting all night for this. (laughs) All of the joy was ripped from my lifeless body. Listen up, Raj. 
Don't you ever question my dedication to the Arizona Cardinals organization? I literally killed a man to be in that Zoom. I've been repping the cards since you and Jake Plummer were sucking each other off at Lamar Hunt's fucking pool house. <laughs> okay, now that's the end of my letter. Bye-bye. Wow. Greg poops. I didn't realize what had to be done to get into one of those those Hollywood squares that were able to boo Goodell. I mean, those are pretty coveted slots. You think about it. Every NFL team has at least a million fans. There's only 30 squares. It's you had to do some shit. He had to do some things. He had to put a man down. He had to put in work. So did you guys see the um, the auction that Goodell's doing where you get to bid to watch a game in his man cave next to him? What? So at, at the end of the draft, he did this little armchair uh, kind of sweepstakes read. And he was like, look, if you want to watch the game with me, the commish, just head on over to you know, auction NFL, whatever the fuck. And um, right now, the auction is up to $200,000 and uh, $400,000. $200,000. Yeah, $200,000. What game? Uh, Do I get to pick the game? I don't believe that you get to pick the game. Well, that's it's bullshit. A mo- it's a Monday night football game. You and Roger, one-on-one. Oh, my God. So I'm going to I'm have to watch Bengals versus Bengals with the fucking commission. <laughs> oh, God. I can't wait to... I can't wait to... <laughs> Spend my kids' college fund on that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was just more saying this for Greg Poops. Maybe he has some chance at redemption if he can start like a go fund and raise the money to to murder Roger Dell. I mean, uh, that's true. I mean, he did admit to a murder just now, and he seemed pretty comfortable telling us. So he must have some money. That's Arizona. Very libertarian out there. Uh. Shit. Okay. Well, hey, my my letter kind of has something to do with that, and I don't know. It's it's actually a um, it's a tape recording. So mm. it was sent to me. You always get the real like this guy was a murderer, but you get like the serial. Yeah, killers. this is it's Goodell is involved, and it's actually a secret recording sent or from Roger Goodell to ESPN draft expert Todd McShay. So I don't know who oh. recorded this incentive, but they wanted it to be played on the show. So I'm just going to hit play right now. Okay. This is Roger Goodell talking. A lot of people are upset right now. The fact that we're carrying on business as usual, undeterred by the pandemic. And well, I have people upset at my league. So we need to show them that we understand, that we care, that one of our own is effective. This is for the shield, Todd. Your ass goes down the night before the draft. And yeah, it might sting a little bit, but that's fucking pride messing with you, man. Pride. Pride only hurts. It never helps. Say it with me, Todd. My ass goes down the night before the draft. Because a year from now, when you're kicking it in the Caribbean, you're going to say, man, Roger Goodell was right. I'm glad I got coronavirus that night. Now, here's your money, Todd. Get the fuck out of my office. Okay, so that's obviously Roger Goodell forcing Todd McShay to take a bullet for the league and uh, get the coronavirus. That's uh... How does Todd getting it help the league? Because <laughs> there was a huge storyline during the throughout the draft to say, one of our own is affected. Uh, to... <laughs> the only person in NFL exactly. history to be affected was Todd McShay. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Danny, you got a letter? I do. I, I think I'm going to try the bottom of the bag. Uh, pull something out here. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys. love. This is Commissioner Roger Goodell. <laughs> and I'd just like to give a message <laughs> to your audience, you guys, and your fake-ass tapes and letters. And that message is, suck it. I know. I know. Moment and I Giuliani'd the shit out of it. The good Giuliani goosebumps dummy that's walking around now. Barely any technical issues. All the teams were happy and huge ratings. 
all while I chuckled at dumb fuck Bengals fans who were booing me from their unfinished basements. I'm now, I'm now a legend, totally untouchable because I came through clutch in a big spot. So you guys at the pod can suck my gut, except for Jamel, who believed in me the whole time because he's secretly corporate. See you in Vegas 2021, bitches. Signed, the commish. God, the commish. Dude, just giving himself a full story arc like he's Vince McManning this shit. He's really just inserting himself. He's permeating. I can't wait for him to walk out during a game, fourth quarter, and like throw a flag on a a game-winning touchdown and just fucking screw some team over. That's the next step is to actually play in a game. He's got the power now. He's got he's got to use his juice. <laughs> uh, my my final thoughts. Jamel, Dan Hardigan, Jamel, do you have any final thoughts? Um, I mean, deep down, I want to say no, but I got one for you. Um, I, I'm I'm ready to go outside, and not because I think it's safe to. I know it's not. We should probably stay inside for at least five more years. But I need to go outside because I'm ready to die. (laughs) And I'm just making that declaration on the podcast. This is a Sorry We Love Football exclusive. Jamel Johnson will be going to the beach alone. I'm ready for this to end. And I'm doing it on my terms. This is my version of smoking cigarettes. I was going to say, Jamel that you're going to go out to the beach and fill your pockets with rocks and just walk out into the ocean? Is that what we're talking about? We are talking about something like that. Well, well no, I, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to hang out on the pier and, you know, touch everything. <laughs> I'm just going to touch stuff and think about, you know, how, how I got here. Hey, man. We've all we we're all craving to touch stuff out at the beach, but you know, got. I mean, it's either look, it's either that or I kiss myself with a mask on in my bathroom. Like I'll just kiss the mirror. I could TikTok that. that and find the right song. And I got a hit on my hands. Goddamn, I did start a TikTok too. I said I wasn't going to, but that's how I know I need to go. I Come need on, to get out no. of here. I don't know. I don't know how much I got left, Dan. All right, my final. Our last show. I got a final thought this week. It's uh, during the draft. This always comes up, and it's like you know, the GMs and the coaches talk about, you know, the more I studied his tape, the more this guy grew on me. It's like, well, yeah, no shit. That's how familiarity works. It's like knowing the answer before you watch Jeopardy or something. It's like. Oh, yeah, I know he's going to catch a touchdown this time. It's like, Danny, you love watching the Super Bowl replay, right? Oh, yeah. I, I don't understand this, uh, this phrase that we hear every draft. It's just like, the more I studied the national championship, the more Joe Burrow stood out to me. Okay, we know. I hate this logic. I think it's wrong. These scouts don't know what they're talking about. Thank you. Hell, yeah. Well, it's all this different jargon and stuff. I mean, we—that's the one thing about the NFL—is all the all the bullshitting. Because we know these players are just first-year players; they're probably going to suck. Your team is pretty much your team, so uh, you know everything that's going to fill the airwaves, football-wise, for the next three months is going to be boring unless somebody get arrested, which uh, Bashad Breland just did. So now that's like the most interesting (laughs) thing going on. My final thought. How do you get arrested when you can't go anywhere? <laughs> he, was in, he, he was in South Carolina smoking pot with his friends in a car, and the cops got a little handsy with him, almost tased oh him. Oh, my God. And I think it's four games. Guys, if black people need to know, this is a black exclusive rule. If you are black, you cannot smoke weed in a car. And I know that's very hard because smoking weed in a car is the coolest. But also, you were protected by two white Jewish people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can talk our way out of anything. 
That's also very true. That's why we, this is why this pod works. And speaking of, my final thought is about the uniforms, which we have not talked about. Lots of new unis premiering over the last couple of weeks. And I just want to say that I think that at least half of these uniforms, I truly believe, and I'm putting my tinfoil hat on, they have not changed a goddamn thing. That they just do a big <laughs> unveiling and absolutely nothing is different. I feel like they can skate by on that. And granted, there are ones that are obviously different and they suck. And I think those ones are actually designed that way to take the heat off of the other half of the teams so that they don't have to do anything. So you got the Falcons coming out, making their outfits look like shit so that they can get made fun of on the internet for a couple of days. And then the Browns sneak underneath that scrutiny and just put out the same brand bullshit that they always do every single year. I think it's a scam. I don't know who benefits. I don't know why they're, but it's a scam. And I want a part of it. So it's all for the Garmin district. <laughs> do you yeah. think Brady? Do you think Brady made the Bucks change theirs? I kind of want a shitty alarm clock Bucks jersey now. I do have this to say about the about and they and oh, if he had really had a say in it, he would have gone creamsicle. I believe anybody who had a say in it besides the big corporations would have seen the writing on the wall and pleased the fans. But I do want to say I have I have Fair. the belief that the the Buccaneers are not going to be good. I have no problem saying they're going to be bad this year, and you can mark that down. Predict it. Mm. Early. We have him down for early shitty bucks. Right. Would you go as far as to put them in the bottom three? I would say they're not going to be in the NFC, but I believe that they're going to be an 8-8, eight and eight, not make the playoffs. Uh, you know, it, cautionary tale. And can I, don't pay. I, I got to break yeah. a little quick news here that just popped up. So, speaking of cautionary tales, Jaguars ex linebacker Telvin Smith, who just left a couple years ago, has been arrested for sex with minors. What? Chew on that until we come back. Yeah, the, the Jags are for sure the worst team in the NFL. <laughs> Right now, yeah, yeah, you just you nailed that one, Danny. That's gonna blunt on. the the Minshew mania a little bit. Uh, thanks for listening to the show. Uh, sorry, we love football, uh, and sorry in general. We're sorry. Oh uh, yeah, I'm very sorry. 